Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. I mean, it's the little things in life that matter, right? I mean, do you enjoy when you're in the shower, like just a great smelling shampoo? It's so luxurious. The only shampoo I enjoy is Whey. My favorite is their detox shampoo. It's so, it smells so good, okay? I mean, what more do you want in a shampoo? But their anti-dandruff shampoo is amazing. It fights flakes and smooth scalps. They're both great. Their anti-dandruff shampoo is also 100% clinically proven to gently soothe itchy, irritated scalps, which I have. And it helps keep your hair clean and soft. And I mean, like, how embarrassing is it like when you're out and your scalp is itching? Whey shampoo helps really alleviate all of that. So if you're not using whey, it's time to upgrade today. They also have these awesome scalp serums that hydrate the scalp. I don't know, their website, you've got to check it out. There's so much they have to offer. The way to healthy hair this season and beyond starts here. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com and use code VELVETROPE for 15% off your entire purchase. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I. AI.com. Use code VELVETROPE and get 15% off your entire purchase. Happy Sunday. Today, we share another gem hidden and lost on our back feed. It's part two of the hidden gem we shared last week. Our chat with the one, the only Mob Wives, Karen Gravano. Again, you all ask me my favorite interviews all the time. This really, really, really was one. A, because I'm kind of obsessed with the mob. I'm obsessed with any genuine, organic, authentic lifestyle 
which is just different from anything that I truly understand. So it's just, I don't know. I love authentic people. Karen was so open, so honest about her childhood, mob wives. We get into Renee and Drita. We're about to get into that more. So we share with you, how many of you heard this the first time around? We have so many new listeners. Everyone seems to be thrilled with our little Sunday special of highlighting our favorite chats. And here, this originally aired June 2nd, 2021, almost two years. Where has that two years gone? Have you guys grown and done a lot in the past two years? I've done nothing except work. I've kind of grown as a person but I've literally sat here working. So that's what I have to show for the past two years, which I guess is something because I have all of you. But here we share this chat with Karen Gravano, continuation from last Sunday, a highlight from one of my favorite interviews of all time on the back feed. And now we welcome back Miss Karen Gravano. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Stay tuned for our second part exclusive sit down with Karen Gravano. And if you haven't already listened to our first part of Karen Gravano, where she talks about growing up with a family in the mafia, what it was like to be Sammy the Bull's daughter, and how everything in her life led her to mob wives and families of the mafia, make sure to check out that part one of our exclusive sit down with her. And now stay tuned for part two. Now, bringing this into mob wives, like, how does this show come about? Like, I mean, and I know it's like Renee's sister, like kind of came how up does, with- How does Mob Wives come about? Yeah, well, like, I mean, to me, it's like, <laughs> You okay. want the version that's been put out there or the real version of how it came out? There's, let's, um, let's go with the real version. Yeah. Um, Renee's sister was asked to um, cast the show by someone and, you know, she, she got us all together. Um, not to get too into the whole situation because um, this is just different than really what's out there. But um, again, I'll just keep it real simple and short. Mobwise came together. This this guy was putting together a show and um, he had asked Renee's sister to cast it. Um, when we all came on board, it was about women who went through a struggle because their husbands went to prison or something. I wasn't even going to be on the show. I was me and Jennifer were working on another project and building a production company. Um, and when the guy had started talking to me, he was like, I need you on this show. And I was like, no, that, you know, I don't want all my history dug up. Well, we wound up talking and it, one word, you know, we need you for the mob aspect of it because really at the time when you're going to say mob wise, if you say, uh, Drita Devanzo, Renee Graziano, Carla Fassi, like, you know, people are gonna be like, okay, they're going to maybe, but, pay attention to look to see what it is but is anyone it's not going to be like Karen Gravano is on this show Sammy the Bull's daughter bam now you have a whole audience because people are saying this show is really connected to people so that's how I kind of you know went on board and decided to join and see where we're going to go from there what's the story that's out there I mean just you know there's, yeah there's stories out there that you know how this basically it's pretty much that, but it's not. I don't think Jennifer ever told anyone that she was a casting agent for someone else that was pulling us together. I mean, I didn't ever really like uh, what is it called? Tip tip the hat on how she really got the show. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. The show came together. Um, we went to VH1 at first, and a lot of people don't know this. They didn't even want us VH1, as weird as that sounds. And then. Harvey Weinstein got involved in the show. And once Harvey came on board, you know, it's 
the Harvey factor kicks in and everybody wants to do a deal. So the show just, you know, we had a bidding war over it, um, probably because Harvey was involved. And I think people looked at it from a business perspective of like, he's involved in the show. If we take it, we can have other opportunities with him. And the show just, you know, came together. VH1 wanted up making an offer. It came back to VH1. And the rest is history. I think, you know, um, Viacom is, is a great umbrella for a lot of reality TV. You know, they did a pretty good job producing it and getting it out there. Har- um, Harvey was an executive producer? Harvey's like the owner of it. Yeah, pretty much. He was until I guess he lost, he sold off some of his properties or whatever. I don't know. Oh, wow. Why didn't VH1 want it? They're just like, no well, one's going mean, to watch this. I think when we went in, well, because I think there were a couple of factors that played in, like in the beginning, maybe, you know, um, I remember we did an interview and like, it was just weird. Drita was shadow boxing in the corner telling us she beats people up and they were looking more of the aspect of the mob. So it kind of was like, Oh, I don't know. And I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they were scared of us. Maybe they didn't. And at first they were like, now nah, we're going to take a pass. And then I think they realized once Harvey came on board and, you know, Harvey did put a big, PR team behind it of his own and kind of pushed it in his outside of the network pushing. He did a whole huge push on the show, the Weinstein company and all that. So um, I think they seen that too, as well, knowing that they're going to partner up with a, at the time, you know, whether people don't like Harvey or, you know, however they feel about him Um, at the time he was a beast in Hollywood. So I think, you know, them getting in bed with him was a big plus for them now wanting the show. Yeah. And obviously Renee must have been the first one cast. Yeah, I think honestly, from at the time that I remember, I think Jen said that Renee was the last one that she wanted because it was her sister. You know what I mean? It was like, um, you know, you always your family. You don't want to put your family on reality TV. I think I was the last one. Renee came in, I think. And it's kind of funny because when Jennifer had asked me, she's like, oh, it's about women whose husbands go to prison and stuff. What do you feel about Drita? I said, listen, she's a character. Like Drita, you know, I always called her the green screen gangster because lights, camera, action. She knows how to, she's good at what she does. If I don't like her or I like her, I can't take that away from her. She knows the right things to say and she makes good TV. Whether whether she's lying, you know, that's a whole other story in itself. But the reality is she's she made good TV. And um so I was like her and then Carla, they mentioned Carla and I didn't really know, I knew of Carla, um, but I didn't really know her that well. We kind of started to just build a friendship and it's so weird how me and her wound up being like super cool now. Like that's, we're doing the podcast together and you know, me and Ramona have always been family, but then she had mentioned, Jen had mentioned putting Renee on and I was like, yeah, no, she would be good. And then I was the last one because I was hesitant. I was like, no way, I can't go on a show. They're gonna, uh, I'm gonna get dragged through the mud. Like I have way too much history. But uh, yeah, I guess that was the point at the end of the day was using my history to get it out there. I mean, like I could see why you wouldn't want to do it. Like this was your life, and like you said, like you really gave credibility to this, like right show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you oh, yeah. so you knew Drita before and Renee. Yes, yes. Drita and I were actually the ones that were friends back in the day. Her boyfriend and I and my boyfriend at the time, which later became her husband, were friends. We hung out. Um, you know, as weird as it sounds now, now that everything's away and a lot of people that had their hand in like the mix of everything, 
Drita's not, you know, she's, she's just Drita. Like I know she's not a bad person. I will never be friends. It's just way too much history, but whatever. I, like I'm past that. But at, there was a point in like production now that I'm working with them on the other show. It was like, you guys' scenes together were like chemistry. Like we actually had a really good chemistry move with each other. So it was like, you guys, you could tell that you really had a friendship back in the day. But I guess she had to, you know, it was weird for her to say we were really good friends and then I wound up marrying her ex-boyfriend. So she always had to throw something in the mix that we really weren't friends. But not to get back seven years of history, they'll be like, oh, this, this bitch Karen is still saying the same thing. But hey, we did have chemistry on camera. We, we, we vibed. The wait is over. That's right. Season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. I know you guys are all staying up at night worrying about Tom cheating on Ariana, and now he's with Raquel, and what is going to happen on Vanderpump Rules. But we have bigger things to worry about, guys, like the most convenient way to buy beer, wine, and spirits. Well, listen, I can tell you right now the most convenient way to buy wine and beer and spirits is drizzly.com or the Drizzly app, and they deliver to your front door in under 60 minutes. I mean, don't tell me you're watching Vanderpump Rules with all this going on or listening to this podcast without your drink, right? Drizzly is the number one app for alcohol delivery. These things are important to me and I know they're important to you. And the selection, oh my God, there's never been a specific brand that I've wanted and have gone on and not been able to find it. I love that. And again, delivery to your home in under 60 minutes. Also, I love the value. They shop across multiple stores and compare prices to find you the best deals on what you're looking for. So if you're listening right now and you want some beer, wine, or spirits, download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com. That's what production on uh, on Families of the Mafia said. They're like, you guys had a great count. Like they just said Oh yeah, the, the production team that... Um the people that made Mob Wives, the producers, the people that were in the everyday making of it, like doing storylines and everything, are the people that are involved in, um, you know, with me, we kept a relationship and, you know, we make, we're working together on this project and a couple of other projects. So when we were just sitting there, you know, now it's like, we just laugh or they'll be like, oh, remember when this happened and this happened? And they said, listen, you and Drina in the room together were like, you guys had great chemistry. 
you guys were funny. You had, you could tell that you were really friends. The reality is like so much, there wasn't too many of those scenes because the reality is we, we, we weren't friends anymore. And it was just like, we couldn't even get in the same room. But the, the, you know, anytime that, and I think a lot of people like, you know, like the hype of a show, like season six, I'm not going to sit with, I'm like, yeah, bitch. Okay. All that hype. We sat at the table. You had no choice. Cause I'm not going nowhere. Then she was going to kill me. I'm still alive. She was going to break my face. I'm still alive. So even all that hyped up, blah, 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 I'm going to kill her. We sat down at the table, like, what's up, bitch. And then it would be like, listen, like, you know what I mean? Like the, the real talk would start kicking in. Like we, we, we had a, a, a definite hate for each other. I can't, take that away but there was there was definitely history there so I think a lot of that came through came through more on the mad side but it, it did come through I mean listen mob wives was it was good tv it was entertaining there's only so much you could fight a person there's only so much those storylines can go on like how many times could you, we just don't like each other I mean how, you can't yeah. force a shoe you know what I mean if it doesn't fit do you think you'd be better friends with Drita today if it wasn't for mob wives or no that had nothing to do with it no, because when, oh, it had everything to do with it. When we, and this is a lot of people don't know, when we pitched Mob Wives, we, we filmed the sizzle reel together first and we were, we were in the pitch meetings and the whole storyline about Lee and the whole thing came up and like, we were cool with it. You know what I mean? Like she was the one, like, it's so crazy how we can be friends. And like, I didn't care. So like, nobody really gets that backstory. Like when you're watching TV, it's like, oh, bam, Karen's home. And Drita's the only one that welcomes her in with open arms. No, bitch, we've been selling this show. And I've been in New York for, you know what I mean? Like there was a little bit of that. Um, not to take away from the filming because every everything that happened that's normally going to happen between people happen. You know, we had a falling out, but I think a big part of it too is like now people who don't understand the story or who weren't there got a, you know, they got the, their opinion about it, everything. And then yeah. people's egos and I, and I'm not just putting out Drita's ego, my ego, everybody's ego starts playing a part. And now it's like, Oh, I'm, when I see this girl, it's like, and I think for me, like a lot of it, I never, and, and, I mean, I'll just like, I never put on for the cameras. If I was sad, I was sad. If something bothered me, I bothered me. Like, you know what I mean? So it was like, I never went in there and put on this act. So it was different. I think I felt like at times I was the more vulnerable one because I really didn't care. And it was like, like sometimes like, who cares? Let's get over it. And this bitch is like, yeah, right, girl, let's get over it. And then she, I see her in the green screen. Like I break bones, like weren't we just in the fucking makeup room together? You telling me like, let's go fucking have a drink after this is over. Like, yeah, not in the later, like, and everyone always says, is that show real? Do you like, no, we do not get along. And probably if we seen each other now, like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I just, we wouldn't get along. Like who knows what could happen at any given moment. It's a, it's that type of Would you guys even speak to each other? Like if she walked, really, she would just walk right by you on the street and vice versa yeah probably I mean listen I don't know like it just depends the circumstances the situation like if we walked into a restaurant on Staten Island and we were both there I'm not gonna walk over to her and say hello she's not gonna walk over to me I mean I think if we were in some random place I don't know like I I don't know maybe I, I don't like but I still have feelings that I don't like her so it's not gonna be like and I'm sure she probably feels the same way that part wasn't fake like we didn't like and I, and that when I say um you know, what was happening. And then we get on camera. It was, that's part of the reason why I got so ugly at the end. You know what I mean? It wasn't just, 
season six, like, no, we couldn't even be in the same vicinity of each other. Like, it was that bad. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. like, you just never run into her when you're in Staten Island? Like, just, you haven't seen her in years? Mm-mm. I have not seen or heard really anything about her in, you know, I mean, except whatever is on social media or whatever, like, things or people, people, like, sometimes will put us together in a tweet. But I have not seen or heard anything about her since the show started. Huh. And what about Renee? I mean, like, since the show ended. Since the oh, show Renee? ended. Yeah, Renee, Renee. I haven't, I haven't been talking to Renee. Like, she's still, like, taking shots at me now. Like, I heard about my show and little little things. Um, There's a whole history to it. But I have nothing bad to say about Renee. You know what I mean? I think me and Renee, at a certain point, like, I, I always had her back. You know, and I, I was always asked to have her back. And even if I felt like that's a thing where even if I felt that she was a thousand percent wrong, I, I always did. But, you know, again, she's always going to. She has her family, like, you know, when, when, I, when we did um, this show, obviously her and her, me and her sister, you know, we don't talk anymore. So there's just a little rift between that. But I don't really have anything bad to say about Renee until she says something bad about me. <laughs> that, that makes sense. And do you think that's because of Mob Wives? Like, would you, because you guys were kind of closer before the whole show, right? Yeah, I think that, I think that, um, you know, no, I don't think it was because of Mob. I, I think it was just like, we have so much history and, and, you know, I don't talk to her sister anymore. So I think it was more family things because of the show playing a part into a lot of things. But I don't think there was anything that happened on Mob Wives that made me and her not talk. I think it was just the aftermath. And again, like I never had a falling out with her. We never had an argument. It just, you know what I mean? It just, things happen in life and I wish her well. I do. Um, I, you know, like again, and, and sometimes you'll have people saying, oh, why is Renee taking shots at you over this? Or, you know, and then that's coming from a third party that a, a fan or like, or someone that's seeing things happen on social media and things can get distorted. A lot of that played into me and Drita. A lot of that plays when you're on reality TV. Next thing you know, you're like, it, it depends. You wake up in the morning and you first go on social media and someone's telling you something that someone else said and it gets blown out of proportion. So I think all of us, Honestly, it could be at a piece when you're not every day on TV and feeding into all of that. That's the type of show Mob Wise was. It was, it was a drama-driven, fight each other, argue with each other show. Everybody had an opinion. And listen, I guess everybody felt like they were part of it. Everybody took sides, teams, or whatever it may have been. And a lot of things spiraled for us personally, whether it was in a good way or a bad way, off of that. Now that we're all detached from it, it's like we all have our separate things that we're doing. And there's not, I couldn't really sit back and say like, I wish anyone bad. I really don't. Whatever happens and people can, you know, move on and do their thing. Drita too. You wish her well. I I just wish, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't care. Even when I heard that she got in trouble and she was, she got arrested and stuff, me being in those situations before in my life, I don't wish that on my worst enemy. And if I'm calling her my worst enemy, I don't wish that on her. She, you know what I mean? She has two kids. She's, she's a single mom. So yeah, I wish that, you know, she can do good. I, no, I don't want to see any, I, that's just me. You know what I mean? Being me. Now if we both got in the same room and shit ha- happens and we had an argument or a fist fight. That doesn't mean I'm still going to leave and wish her bad. I just don't care. You know what right. I mean? Right. Right. That makes mm-hmm. sense. And then, so you were obviously there for the right reasons later, like if you were upset, because I mean, you're that, you're genuine. I mean, and you also lived it. Like, 
were other people there for the wrong reasons? You know, like Drita, Renee, were they like, oh my God, you know, listen, people get blinded by the cameras, blinded by fame. Like, was there that going on? Well, I even think including myself, at the end of the day, we were all there for money. We all wanted to take care of our families. Totally. And, and listen, I would, I would be a liar if I sat here and said my ego didn't feed into it. You know what I mean? Like, you, you start getting caught up in it, and it's like, oh, Team Canada, like someone tells you something. You're like, yeah, you know, it's just everybody, I think, and that can go for any kind of reality TV show. Some people, you just start feeding into it. And uh, I think everybody there, though, when this show started, was to take care of our families. I think we were all there for the right reasons. And how come you don't speak to Jen Graziano anymore? We just, we just had a, you know, there's a lot of things. Um, it was just, we were, we were misled, all of us. And I'm not the only mob wife that says that. You know, sometimes you take someone and you look at them as a friend. and Their word is everything, especially when you grow up in a certain kind of lifestyle. And you realize that, you know, once they get with the corporate people or whatever it is, they'll sell their friendships out for anything. Um, I went on and was doing this show and built my own relationships that had nothing to do with her. And she's, you know, not wished me well. So at the end of the day, it's like no hard feelings. You do your thing. I'm going to do my thing. I don't know why. You know what I mean? Everybody has especially me have been dragged through the mud and has sacrificed. It's like, I was the one to say, get on my back and jump through the window. And once you got up in the window with all those people, you know, Jen and I had a, had a production company in 2008. Nothing ever came out of it. It was, she's supposed to use me as leverage to get this deal and get mob wives done or whatever. And then it's like, once you got there, nothing else happened. Um, and she'll say, Oh, because we didn't have nothing, but that's not true. You know what I mean? That, that's not true at all. So whatever, whether, whatever happened, happened, we moved past it. Let's fast forward to now. I have a show and it's, you know, I was, I've, I've never been once told I'm happy for you. I'm proud of you. You know, it just, it is what it is. So. Do you think there's jealousy it. like from her and Renee? I think, I think jealousy. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I think, you know what I mean? But I don't know what for. Everybody has their own lane. You know, Jennifer's a producer. She has, Jennifer has a huge franchise, Mob Wives, that was, you know, built with Harvey Weinstein. She she was able to be put in a situation that that benefited her. So you're a producer now. Go on and make other stuff. Why are you so interested in what I'm doing or trying to hold me back? You, you, you don't own the mob. You don't, you know what I mean? Like you, I, my story is my story. I can tell however I want to tell it. It's my history. It's me. I did books. My father did a book in 1997. I did a book. You know what I mean? I had a movie deal that I actually walked away from in 2009. You know what I mean? I I have so much history into this. So for me to do something off of what, who I am and, and want to build off of it is just me. When she does her shit, I'm not like, okay, you know, why, why did you do seven spinoffs off of Mob Wives when, you know, your friends are the ones that helped you get the show and you didn't cut nobody in on it? Did I hate on her? Did I ever stop doing what I had to do? No. But at the end of the day, you did everything. You built a franchise. You, you built spinoffs. You made money. And there's yeah. other things, you know what I mean? Like you were taking money out of all your friends' paychecks while you're an executive producer. It was just a lot of things. And again, I stood by her. I never put this out. There's multiple, multiple interviews with Drita saying that, you know, other people have said it. Ramona have said it. There's people, other mob wives, and I've always had your back. So the second that I'm able to pivot right and do something on my own, it's like, I, 
I don't get, you know, where's the loyalty, John Gotti? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Seriously. Like where's, where's the loyalty? Where's the respect? But again, it is what it is. You know, you, you got to understand that that's just, and is life. And, and, you know, there's always that thing. Jen gave us this platform. No, we gave Jen the platform. Don't ever underestimate that. We all came together. And as much as I don't like Drita or like people, we came together and we did a show. Show was called Mobwise. It was Sam and the Bull's daughter comes back. You know what I mean? That, that was a platform that you were able to get involved in and, and got in the right position with the right people. And more power to you. You did it. You know, we have our weekly chats with Kim D and her seven dogs usually go crazy. And everyone's been asking me, why are her dogs so calm lately? Well, it's because I got Kim an ongoing supply of Nom Nom. Really, true story. And now the woke mob, as she calls them, are much calmer. Listen, Nom Nom delivers fresh dog food with every portion that's personalized to your dog's needs. What I love is it's made with real whole food that you can actually see and recognize. It's not like dog mush, the dog food you're used to serving your dog. And it has no additives, no fillers. And so your dog is actually eating healthier. Personally, selfishly, I'll do anything to keep Kim's dogs quiet while we record every week. The thing that she loves the best are these meals are nutritious. They use board certified nutritionists for dogs that make fresh food that's then shipped free to your door. Nom Nom also comes with a money-back guarantee. So listen, if your dog is not happy within 30 days, they refund your first order. So right now, for 50% off your no-risk two-week trial, go to trynom.com slash velvet. That's trynom, N as in Nancy, O as in Oliver, N as in Mary, dot com slash velvet for 50% off. Trynom.com slash velvet. And if you didn't know her, who knows? You may not have done the show if some random stranger came along and oh, knocked definitely, on the door. I wouldn't have done the show. You know what I mean? But there was, there was. She did. I'm not going to take away. Like you know, her partner Marvin, who was part of this, had the deal with the Weinstein's and brought Harvey in. Yeah, that that was definitely linked up through her. Because like I said, once Harvey came in the picture, everybody wanted to work with us. So yeah, she brought that to the table, but she didn't bring the concept and she didn't bring, you know what I mean? That was a joint collective issue. She, she was, we were the ones that were going to work and she was the one that was supposed to position up and then pull her friends up. And then she says that all of us turned against her, but can't, everybody can't be saying the same thing, especially people that don't get along. Right. That's true. And like, was there any opposition amongst the boys and the mob? Like you can't go and to have this show go forward? Like, was there this yeah, fear factor? Probably, you know what I mean? I think that people probably said that. And I think, you know, even especially with me, it's like, oh shit, she's coming back. Um, I, I, I don't know. It's like, it wasn't about the men. You know what I mean? It really wasn't when you really sat down and looked at it the same way, like even this show, Families of the Mafia, this is about families. This is about struggles with kids and trying to raise your kids. Like when you really sit down and watch it, there's, this is about how to make your kids be better than what you are. Mobwise was about a bunch of women who didn't get along and we fought and argued with each other. <laughs> That's really when you boil down and sit down and watch it. It's like, you know, they're two different shows, two different things. They, you know, the mob aspect because of me. Cause that's just who I am. I, I can, I did, I did a show on reels called I live with the murderer. That's, you know, about my father growing up in that lifestyle. That's just always going to be my path and my, my history. I can never change that. But you watch TV and you got to take away with um, what the show is really about. So I think when the men really seen it, it was like we weren't telling 
people's stories. I mean, the most thing I got was like, oh my God, like you guys can't get along. This is getting annoying or, you know, shit like that. <laughs> it wasn't about the mob. So there wasn't like before it started, like, you know, people saying like, hush, like do not speak. Yeah, that probably was, yeah, there was definitely some of that, but we, what were we going to speak about? If we're not there, we can't tell, we can't tell the men's story. We're not them. Did your father watch the show? Mob Wives? No. Yeah. He watched season one and he was like, listen, I'm trying, no. <laughs> and it's then like- it went on to be like, you guys are fighting and arguing and it's just, I think a lot of men, especially involved in that, was like, you guys were annoying after a while. It became a reality TV show, like all those housewife franchises, right? Every housewife franchise, whether it's Mob Wives, Basketball Wives, you know, even you can go to Bravo. What is it? Um, all those franchises, the housewives, they're about women interacting with each other and whether they get along, they don't get along, what it is. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. Yeah. I mean, like, well, right before this was like when the housewives had a New Jersey version and then Teresa flipped right. the table. This to me, yeah. like, came right after, like, if I remember, like, this came like, right after that. And exactly. Kind of like Jersey had that feeling maybe of undertones of the mob. And then you're like, oh shit, this is the real fucking deal over here on VH1. I think that was kind of the appeal. I mean, to me, I don't know. I I remember when it came out and like just watching it, I was like, I just kept saying, I can't believe, I don't know how this show was made. You know what I mean? Like for people that like- No, a lot of people say that. Like, how did you guys do that? You know, we just did it. We just, you know what I mean? That was one thing we did have a pact of and we just went and did it. And that's when it gets into like the average person across America doesn't understand the mob. And you're just like, no, this is the real deal. People like this is, it's a show, but this is some of us were definitely the real deal. Some of us weren't, but it all, it, well, not just me, like, you know, even Renee's father, he was involved. I mean, I don't think he was a big name. He did have positions at certain points, but I don't think he was the, the drawer for the television show. Ramona's grandfather, they had the whole Donnie Brasco. Those are real stories. I mean, they still make documentaries about my father, her father. There are other people that, you know, came on board, like even uh, Victoria Gotti that solidified it at the end. But again, yes, people were like, okay, they have this real thing. And then it's like, they really don't like each other. I think that's one thing that I always did get was like, a lot of shows would be like, no, you, you could tell that you guys really didn't like each other. So it wasn't like we were um, a group of people that were just put together. At, let's take the whole mob aspect out of it. We still had history, right? right? We still knew each other. So a lot of reality shows are like they put these people together and they don't know each other. So you're really fighting over, oh, she said my hair is, you know, she don't like, whatever. It could be something as simple as that. Like, but when you're getting to mob wise, we're fighting about shit that happened 10 years ago. And I've never seen a show where, you know, actual security needs to come in as much as it did. Yeah, there was definitely. I mean, those were all real physical yeah. fights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. So that just like, it was just, <laughs> listen, it was amazing TV, but like, I just think for the average person, it's probably like, holy shit, like what the hell? Yeah. It was cool. And, yeah. I think it was cool. So then the show ended and then, you know, that theme had, that show had the theme of like, we're the women, we want better. We don't want this lifestyle. We don't want our children. And then we fast forward to like 2000 when like you and your brother came into some legal troubles. Mm-hmm. And so then 
were you like, oh shit, like this is coming back out of nowhere? I mean, you know, it was something new that happened, but that, you know, like oh, when, when, make- when I got arrested here in Arizona. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That was well. way before Mob Wives or any even thinking of it. was right after my father did his book. I think it was like 98 oh. or whatever. And then 2000, yes, we got in trouble. That was definitely a major mistake and a life lesson. But it was kind of big, big situation that it happened. So it, it, it affected a lot. My brother went to prison for 10 years. My father actually went to prison for 18 years. Um, my daughter's father went to prison for nine and a right. half years. My brother nine and a half too. But it's like, um, that's just kind of like the whole stigma of trying to hold on to something that's not really there. And I think when I, when I, when that happened with the whole ecstasy thing in Arizona, I was still trying to hold on to a past that really wasn't even my past or just wasn't there anymore. So I made poor decisions, got involved with the wrong people and did wrong things. There's no really getting around it. And just, I, I fucked up and put myself in a position to where, you know, I, my father later got involved to protect me and my brother. And the reality is we had to pay the price. And the, at that point in my life was, I think, a very pivotal moment to where I said, okay, I could still be mad and angry or I could still, and I think I was mad and angry after my father cooperated because my whole life had changed at that point and I didn't understand it or, you know, and then I was making poor decisions. So it's like, I could either still be this person and keep going down this path to feeling sorry or being mad or trying to wish I had a lifestyle that I had as a kid growing up. And the reality is that's never going to happen. So how now do I have a child? I have a nephew, you know, my brother's in prison, my father's in prison. How do I become a role model or try to fix it? And I knew obviously with my father, this was always going to be a story that was going to be out there. So it's like, how do I embrace it? And from a very young age, like my daughter and my nephew, we were very honest and open with them. This is what it is. You can't hide that. So, you know, I think me teaching my daughter, like, and I think sometimes, especially on families of the mafia, because that's what this show is about is to learn off those mistakes. And it's more, those are things that I could relate to because now I made my own mistakes. Right. So it's kind of like this pattern that you go through. Like my father was this person and you know, he lived his certain kind of lifestyle, even though he wanted better for me, I was attached to that lifestyle. So I kind of made those decisions that I made and created my own things that I've done wrong on my own path. And now I have a daughter and I kind of like want to break the cycle and say, where is it that, you know, I could be better person and, and teach my daughter, not only just her, again, like I said, there's so many kids out there that could watch the show and it's every day parenting situation so when you get past the the mafia word or that it's bringing you into this is my household now like even my relationship with my my daughter's relationship with her boyfriend there she's you know at the time when we filmed it's from 18 to 20 it's young love it's insecurities it's all this stuff and okay as a mother you're like you want her to get on tv and everything be perfect but i think so many kids go through what she's going through and not to say that her boyfriend's a bad person i just think you know what what works in relationships, right? You got to have friendship and trust. And at 18 years old, do you know that? Like, do you even know how to be a friend to someone? Right. You're dealing with all this craziness. And I think in certain situations, it could become worse or women can go into a pattern to where they're choosing men or they get into abusive situations or you can learn from it. And maybe even the man can learn from it and say like, listen, that's not how you want to act. It's immature. You want to change. So that's where... 
I took from my past lessons, things that I wanted to do that actually created me to even want to make the show. Is that how like the concept for the show came about? Like when, when did you come up with this idea? Like I know it started as like made in Staten Island and then was rebranded. Well, yes. Made in Staten Island was a show about kids growing up in today's society. And a lot of kids, right, at a young age, fuck up their lives. So it's like, how do you stop these kids from doing this? Well, all these kids kind of had a storyline. And as we started filming, we realized that the storyline was way deeper. And the dynamic between them and their families kind of made more sense to kind of put the whole show as an overall, like, let's involve the parents because they're the ones that are teaching you. So we kind of pulled the show and we just decided to, like, rebrand it and redo the whole show. Because we just, the dynamics between the kids and their family, and if a common thread on Made um, and uh, Families of the Mafia is, I don't know if you could, but like the love that all these people have for their kids is like, I admire every one of them in their own way. So that's really what this show is. It's about kids growing up in this generation that need to, you know, navigate and learn how to be adults. And a lot of them have made mistakes. Yeah. And a lot of them have made mistakes. And now we're seeing them kind of, did you know the other families like the O2 family, the LaRocca family? Did you know all that? Yeah. um, I, we met through the kids. So, um, well, like Denny, her mom, we kind of grew up together. I knew her um, when we were younger. It was like the whole thing. We kind of had this fight and whatever. And we were just hung out and Karina's like, you're so immature when you say friend groups, but Karina says it all the time, but we were in different friend groups when we were kids. And um, we just kind of grew up around the same people. And then later in life, we started hanging out again. And then the LaRocca's like, Gina, I met when we start right before we started filming. She's amazing. I just love her. She's so like raw, real. It's just like blunt to your face. This is what it is. She doesn't care what people think. And like, it's never like, it's, it's just who she is. And I love that about her. Honestly, she's a very real individual. And then, um, Trish and Anthony, because Karina and CP were friends. So I had met Trish, you know, basically the same thing right around when through the kids and, and the same thing with, you know, Jess and Billy, actually me and Billy were good friends um, through the filming of all this. So was this the same as mob wives? Like, did you have to shop this around or was MTV like, welcome home. We want you. (laughs) They were like, welcome home. It was the concept. Um, Adam Gonzalez, who is the creator, he was his concept. When he started seeing like everything, we started filming like Made in Staten Island. His thing was like, oh my God, this is a show about young individuals trying to navigate through today's society, not given all, like a lot of the shows that you watch, which everyone loves because you can escape from reality, right? So you can see like Kylie floating in her pool and her $35 million home and everything's beautiful and glamorous. But reality is life isn't like that for everyone else. I love the Kardashians. You know what I mean? It it could be an escape from anything. They're they're trendsetters. They're fashion icons. You know what I mean? The things that they do kind of, I always say the Kardashians rule the world, you know? but Kind of. Yes. But the reality is, is not everybody has access or can ever become a Kardashian any day in their lives. So how do we create something, especially for the younger generation to say, um, this is who we can relate to. These are the things that I've had. I didn't have, like, I think there's a, a scene in there, which is one of my favorite lines where Joe says, everything isn't always so peachy and green. You know, this is real life. We got real life problems, real life struggles. 
So how do people relate on any level? And I think like, and and not, I, I'm probably the biggest fan of my own show, right? Just it's because a great I, show. Just because I know the dynamics of it. You know, when I watch someone like Denny, who, you know, is, Denny's so funny. She's so full of life. And like, there's never a time where she's not on. Like, Denny's forever on. She'll make you laugh or whatever. But when, you, when you're with someone like that all the time, you're like, well, wait, what is it? What is, is she putting up a wall for something? So the more I got to know her, I realized she didn't have a relationship you know, with her dad. And there's so many people out there that don't have a relationship with their dad, you know, or don't know them. And when it, when her walls started to come down, it's like actually something that, you know, hurt her in her process. It didn't really stunt her from being fabulous, like she says, but the reality is, is like, can it later in life when relationships with guys, is this something she should address now? You know? It's really, like I told you, like I, you know, I mean, I was going to watch it anyway, but it's so good. I think it's, it's so well cast too. Like I think each, you know what I mean? Like there's no, like, let's recast this. This family's not great. I think it's great. Yeah. Everybody's great in their own. And you know, when the general public watches the show, they're like, what's their mob connection? Like, dude, look beyond the fucking, you know what I mean? Get past the cover. Like, that's all I'm asking is when people watch a show, get past the cover and really see what this is when it starts to unfold into everything and again even with my daughter yes we are the mafia connection you can never take that away like that's just like i'm sorry you'll have to go back and erase you know 30 years of history but karina's story is actually very unique to me because i think i have so many people that are raising kids going oh my daughter's boyfriend drives me nuts or they're fighting or they're this or that and when i was going through that because everybody did i didn't i didn't have the relationship with my mom that me and Karina have. So I'm trying to step in as an adult and be calm, cool, and collective and give both sides because Paulie honestly is a good kid. Like he's lost his father. He's been through different things. He has insecurities for many different reasons. But the reality is like, as a mom, how do you step in and help them both? Like, I don't want to bash him or, you know what I mean? Hurt him, but I'm going to protect my daughter at any means necessary. So it's like, you know, sometimes you, you got to just use things as an example to teach other people did Karina really want to do the show or she didn't like you know Karina is my biggest critic so it's like and it's so funny because Karina is so not mob right so I grew up attached to that lifestyle and I don't like to use the word mob princess but I guess if if anyone was a mob princess back in the day, it could have been me. I was, you know, kind of mob royalty and grew up around a certain kind of lifestyle. But Karina didn't. So like, she's just like, you can tell, like sometimes, and I'll always laugh because my father will go back and tell these stories and they're so intriguing. And like, and Karina's like, I picture like in her mind, she's thinking about her hair, like, you know, like she's so disconnected from it. So when she had come back to New York, it's there. You know what I mean? It's very prominent, especially on Staten Island. And it's like, oh, your grandfather is So it's like she had to learn about it. But then when we were doing the show, she's like, I'm, I don't care. Like, I don't care about the mob and I don't care about this. And But I'm like, Karina, it's still your history. And you have to because it's always going to be there. And now she gets it. Living in Arizona, it's like, I don't even know if people like talk about it. But like in New York, they do. So now it's like... Right. And yes, if you, Karina would much rather be doing a show about fashion and runway and talking about, you know, Balenciaga sneakers and, you know, all that stuff. She should be Ramona's daughter. She's very bougie. But I think also, this is something kind of crazy because when we were filming, at first I'm like, 
what's she going to, like, I'm in my head, you know, I'm thinking, like, what's she going to be like, or, you know, things, certain right. situations. And honestly, I have to say, I'm literally watching the show, and I'm like, damn, like, she's very level-headed and, like, mature and... It's like, I don't, like, sometimes I'm like, oh, my God, I am being so annoying. And I'm like, you don't want to be in the streets. And she's like, no shit. <laughs> right. She's like, yeah. I'm not in the streets anyway. Like, yeah, well, I'm not. Like, why are you even telling me this? So I'm starting to be like, all right, I guess my point was made. I don't have to tell her anymore. Did you feel like, because you had been through, like, reality TV before, did you feel like, you know, like Mama Bear, like, this is what you do and this is how you handle the camera? And, or was it just like, yeah. let's just shoot this? You know, I... I filmed with her a lot on Mob Wives and we, we laugh about it now because I think I was so protective. Like I would ask her a question and then answer for her. And Adam would be like, could you please let her answer? You know, I think that's where my protective, but on this show, it's like, she has her own, Karina's very opinionated. And, you know, I think when Mob Wives, she was so young, so I'm like protective and I'm still, but here it's like, she'll back me right up. Like she'll be like, wait, I'm speaking, you know? And I'm like, okay. So I obviously you always want to protect your child, but I think that she's definitely um, a very strong opinionated girl. And I kind of admire her opinions on a lot of things. Does she prefer Staten Island or Arizona? Oh, I couldn't get her to come back here if I, well, I don't know. Maybe if I like found, I gave her like the hope of diamond, right? The diamond, whatever. Um, No, she likes New York. She's like, so New York now. Aren't we all? Yes. Um, does she, so she's, is she still doing like the modeling and like, what is she up to now? Yes. She's still doing modeling. Yes, she is. And that's like a lot of her day. Yes. Uh-huh. Well, what about your father? Cause like, I know we saw him say this on families of the mafia. And I think you've even said it like, you know, the whole concept of like, I would do anything to protect my family. Well, I mean, I think that I would say this. And when I said it on the show, I, I will say it a thousand times over. Um, my father still is who he is. I'll never take that away from him. And he is very protective of his family and the people that he loves. So um, um, the reality is, again, um, again, my first protection is for my daughter. Like I said to him, and I would say this to anyone, whether my daughter is wrong, right, or whatever, I got her back first. She's wrong. I'm going to pull her aside and tell her she's wrong, which I do. You know what I mean? There's no, you got to learn how to take that in. You know what I mean? And I just feel like that's how any kind of relationship can become vital. Whether it's, you know, I don't ever want to wake up and I've never had this. So that, that, but do you love someone to where you feel like you're losing control and that happens? That's like, you know, I'm not saying, but it's a track record of people that have had these experiences before. So how do I step in as a parent before it escalates? And I do know what I am capable of if someone hurts my daughter, you know, vice versa. And again, I say that to say it like, and, and again, Listen, I just went through a relationship a couple of years back that like when people love you, they, they want to hold you down and they don't want you to grow because they're scared they're going to lose you. But true, sincere love are the people that want to love you to help you grow. Totally. And it would be, I would be, it would be me. Um, and, and I'm saying this at, at, like, and that's why this show is important to me because people can take this away. When you're young, I don't think you know how to do that. These kids all need 
some sort of guidance, right? So I'm not just going to go into attack mode. And like if my daughter came back with a black eye, yeah, I'm going into attack mode. And there were a lot of times where there has been attack mode. That makes sense. Like if only we knew then what we know now, which you don't, right. you just got to kind of go through right. it. And you know, um, talking to my father and I think that he's such an, a strong, influential person and has been through so many experiences. Maybe he can give her the right advice, but he's also as dangerous as it comes. So it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and yes. I say that to say in a very, um, but it's like when you, when anybody's attacked and you're put in a position, then that, that is there. You know what I mean? And, and if it's somebody that has the ability to do that quicker than someone else, then I just think that that's a situation that you don't want to put yourself into. I wouldn't want to put myself into that situation, <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, now, despite the fact that, A, your father's house looks huge and, like, yes. I, I don't know mm-hmm. if that's how it's filmed, but it looks like a freaking mansion. Uh-huh. What is your father's – I mean, that's neither here nor there. It's just I have house envy for a minute. What does your father say about, like, being on this show? Or it just doesn't even go there. He doesn't watch it. He's like, yeah, whatever. No, he watches it, and he's, like, so proud of me. He's like, you're an executive producer, proud. But he also um, – when he came out of prison, he wasn't like, oh, I want to be a reality star. You know, that's what I want to do. Um, I was already in the process of working on this show and it was in development or whatever. So, um, when it kind of went to where we decided the dynamics between the family, um, it, it, it just, family goes so deep, you know, roots go so deep and it was important for me to kind of be able to show that. And I think, you know, him being who he is would have, you know, because it plays such a big thing in my life that needed to be told. So I had asked him at first, I'm like, well, if, if we come visit you and I bring cameras and he's like, no, I'm going to come, you know, no cameras or whatever. And I was like, this means a lot to me. And he's so supportive of anything that I do that he's supporting me. And, and I, I thank him, you know, I've thanked him multiple times for it. I appreciate it. He's working on his own projects that are just way different than this, you know, way different than anything that was, you know, anything in the prior, whether it was mob wives or this, like he's working on the real shit, right? So this is the real shit as far as the reality version of what the families go through, but he's working on his stuff. Um, and I can't wait for the, like, I think it's going to be a huge podcast. There's pretty big people that are involved in it. And I like, am anxious for that to come out. So for him to kind of take his time out of what he got going on and like maybe his first splash back into the world was on my show. Like I, I, I I respect him for that. And that's what, um, and like, that's what family does, right? At the end of the day, you have each other's back for whatever it is. And this meant something, it meant a lot to me. So, um, he had my back when I asked him to, so I respect and love him for that. Is he like, wait a second, Karen, I don't look so great in that scene. Do that (laughs) over. Like what the hell? Or is it just, you know, it's so crazy. Um, it's like, I, I didn't know how he was going to be. Like, he's just such a natural. Like, it's yeah. like, he's, just, he's very animated. And I think because like when, when I watch him and I'm watching him work on his projects, um, he's just real. It's like, just what you see is what you get. That's how he is in real life and whatever. So he, he, I don't, he didn't really even think of that. Like, he just got so into like the conversation and you know, just being there and supporting me and my daughter was like, what was really important. No, he wasn't really concerned about the way he looked. I mean, he was very vain though. I won't take that away from him. (laughs) I mean, he was great in his scenes. And you know, I think all of us are still kind of like shooken up a little bit from the way it did end. You know what I mean? In, In a lot of different ways. And I think this whole kind of pandemic, like so many people had so many things going on that now just it's like we're back to, to ground zero. So like 
how do we incorporate all of this? Like, I think you need to come back to New York when this is. Yeah, all you're over. like, get over here now. We need drinks. I was Moscow just gonna say we have to go out for a drink. We'll do Staten Island, New Jersey, or New York. Yes. I don't care. And then before we wrap up, um, talk to us about your podcast. It's you, Carla, and Ramona. Yes, me, this. Carla, and Ramona. You know, um. And that's what we were talking about earlier. Me and Carla went to war on Mobwise. And then through everything, we kind of built this relationship. And even when me and Carla went to war, I think you can go back and pull up the footage. When I said, um, one thing I have to respect about Carla is her loyalty. Even if she's loyal to someone I don't like, I didn't use those words. I probably said even if she's loyal to a hoe. But uh, even if she's loyal to someone I don't like, um, it is what it is. And we just built a relationship. We, Ramona is funny as shit. I don't know if you guys know that about her. Um, she gets on my last nerve because she just doesn't stop talking. Maybe I've heard her for the last 47 years of my life. So um, I think that she just brings something really unique to the table. And Carla and like are polar opposites. So it kind of vibes. Um, we put together the sit down because we just thought it would be like who we really are. You know, I so much of Mobways was fighting and arguing. And like since the show, like we, we just live life, you know what I mean? And it's like, this is it. And it's funny because we're still the same people. So we have like this quirky kind of take on different things. And I think it'd just kind of be something interesting. It's about women, women, empowering women. Um, today's topics, like we talk about beauty and food and being a mom and each one of us are single moms. We each have like unique relationships with our kids. Um, like me and Karina will go to a nightclub together. And like Ramona would that. never, like she was, <laughs> you know, so it's just like we we're just um, very opinionated, strong um, women that have been through a whole bunch of shit. And it's like we have this certain unique take on things and we're just going to bring it all together in a podcast. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you, you've been doing this for a minute and, um, you know, I respect everything you do. Listen, I watch you too. I see everything that you do and, um, I'm you always stay true to who here. you are. Like, that's one thing I always liked about you. You kind of, I remember we met a while back and you had told me like your vision and this is like what you followed through with it. And I always respect that. So. I'm making it happen. And listen, I have my haters too. And I'm just like, listen, this is me. Like I'm love me or hate me. I'm living my yeah. authentic truth and I'm doing what I want to do. And if you're not on board, all right, right. stay home and criticize. I don't really care. Yeah. It's always the ones that are talking that are really like your biggest fans. True. I, I, listen, I can't, I've had haters for what the last 20 something years and look where I am. And I'm not going to try to toot my own horn, but like mob boys was like just a minor thing right? Where everyone else is still stuck there. But I had things before Mob Wives. I've had a book. I yeah. now have, you know, two television shows that came out already. And now I'm like doing a podcast and possibly another book. Who knows? So. And what's the name of your book again? Just in case people want to find it. My book is called Mob Daughter. That's right. You know, it's, that's one thing. Um, you know, it's funny because everyone's like, well, you're enough with it. It's just, it, it's a brand. You know, that's what people don't realize when you build a brand. Like if I went and did, you know, um, whatever, like <laughs> skin girl, like you're going to be like, what? Who? It's Karen. So you keep to your brand and like anything you do, it's like get behind the velvet rope, right? You want to know what's behind it. Like, come on, put more into it. We didn't just sit here and talk about celebrities or things like that. This is like very deep conversations. And that's what any project that anyone does. You build your brand and you go hard with it. And I'm going to stick to mine till the end. And once people, you know, learn to like me or hate me for whatever, then they could be true to that. And one thing I have noticed is that I have a very, and which I appreciate, I have a very big fan um, base that have stayed true to me through it all. And um, I appreciate that. 
I might not have the most out of everyone, but I have very loyal people that really um, support me in the things that I do. I could see that. Well, you're like a real person, you know, yeah, like at least my experiences, you know, you are, you're, you're authentic. That's my right. biggest thing. I'm just like, love me or hate me. I'm authentically myself. So here it is. Right. Is there anything you want to, so everyone needs to watch Families of the Mafia. Everyone needs to go yes. back and watch the whole season, which, you know, it's on demand. It's a great fucking show. It really is. I'm not just saying that. No, I appreciate it. And that's the thing you had mentioned earlier. And I think a lot of people right now are like with this whole pandemic and being home or binge watching series, right? So for, even for me, like when I've watched the things that I've watched through this, I sat there and don't want to get up for four hours. And I think people that have told me they binge watched it is where they really become attached to the project because you see it, like everything happening right after each other. And go back and watch it, everyone. Is there anything you want to leave us with? And I really, really appreciate you just took a lot of time. I really appreciate it. You didn't have to do uh, it. Thank you. I appreciate you. And I listen again, we support each other. That's what people do. Right. You I love you. Other, You're like having nothing to do with you being on TV or anything. You know, I love you. No, I love you back. And I just want people to know, listen, at the end of the day, and this is just something, a sidebar, like this whole pandemic too, and everything that we went through, like, just take the good out of it. And that could just be like, you know, spend more time with family, just be more healthier, you know, like life just kind of stopped everyone in their tracks right now. And I think even for me, like taking myself out of focusing on drama or this or that, like just focus on the positive things in your life and just try to stay healthy and positive and keep pushing forward. We'll get through this together. I think so too. And where can we all find you online? Oh, it's, um, I'm, I'm an Instagram girl. Like I do Twitter here and there and I don't know anything about TikTok and I don't do Facebook. So Instagram, Karen Gravano. I don't even understand. everything under about me. I don't understand Twitter. Like I just, ugh, I, I can't. It's so confusing to me. I know. I just start retweeting things and stuff. I, I do go there. Um, but yeah. And a lot of people like, um, Carla is really big on, in, uh, Facebook, but I, I, I have Facebooks out there and they're not me. So people are uh, like, what are you talking about? I was having this whole conversation. I'm like, that's not me. I don't know who it is, but like my real friends, like my family friends, like follow that page and communicate with them. That's not me. I have to get one. Um, I'll just put the real KG, but, um, yeah, I, I do Instagram. And you're good. I mean, I see you, you like respond to people on Instagram a lot. Yes. So it's at Cameron Gravano and that's on Instagram and you and I will keep in touch. I really yeah. appreciate this. I appreciate you. Okay. Oh my God. You're amazing. You see my black eye. Just put that I have a black eye because I was playing baby shark with my niece. <laughs> she was a dolphin. I was the shark and it just didn't work out too well for me. She got away. Because you know, if you have a black eye, I mean, here we go. It's going to yeah. be a whole story now. So let's just put that it's a baby shark. We'll like leave this in there. But thank yeah. you so much. I'll like thank text you. you. I love you. Talk I love you. Bye. Thank you. All right. Bye. bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear... Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, 
We're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.